it like we do it. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This episode is sponsored by Blue Blocks. The amazing, fabulous, stylish, blue light blocking glasses. You can support our podcast by supporting our great sponsors. This is Blue Blocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. The discount code is an homage to our old podcast. It's GGW. That's blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. Discount code GGW. Get yourself a very stylish, high quality pair of blue light blocking glasses. And fun fact, you can actually send in frames and they can put blue light blocking lenses in your glasses if you want to go that route as well. My mom texted me to let me know that they do have reading glasses. Fabulous. So Thanks, Carol. I know. She was like, she's so helpful. She's so helpful. She was like, well, I want to buy these, but I'm looking at my computer all day and I need readers sometimes. Do they have readers? And I was like, oh, no, I don't think so. And then she was like, yes, they do. They have everything. They have such a good variety. And our favorite part of Blue Blocks also, as you know, they donate a pair of reading glasses to someone who desperately needs them in in the developing world. So thanks to your purchase, you also donate a pair when you buy a pair. So thank you for supporting our great sponsors. All right, we're just up up and running, hitting the ground running in this new year. How you doing? You feeling the new year, new us? I mean, it's, we're two weeks in. I feel like, okay, we're, we're doing this. 2020 is happening. It's here. It's we can't here. deny it. We can no longer deny that the new year is here and running. No. no more crazy New Year's resolution talk. I mean, I think it's kind of died down. Thank goodness. We got a good voice memo from Joy, who's one of our great dear friends slash listeners from Girls Gone Wad. And she talked a lot about this article referencing, and I can look it up or have her send it to us, but basically saying like what getting feedback from other people in your life of what you can do less of in the new year. So that kind of that year of less. Have you read that book too? There's like a book called year of less. So it's kind of like what can you do less of? I haven't read it, but that book came out the year that I did a year of less. And I was like, do you remember which year that was? Yeah. You're like, hello. Uh, It would have been 2017. Okay. Because that was the year... That I was, that I really hated my job. Yes. Yeah. So that would have been so you're 2017. Like, year of less, just taking a break from all this nonsense. I like that too. So I think no matter how you're doing New Year's resolutions or just skating into the new year with some fabulousness is great. The dry January, uh, I've decided that it's, it's, um, what did I say? I said this to Laura Ligos the other day, our sassy dietitian friend. I was like, what I'm, <laughs> what I'm deciding is, However, it feels right for me. Um, I'm going to be just mindful before I have a glass of wine January instead of dry January. Not that I'm just, quote unquote, giving up. But I think what I realized is starting to read the intuitive eating book and doing dry January at the same time is not a good move because intuitive eating is all about being present with your decisions around food uh, and the things that you consume. And dry January just automatically puts this limit that you're all you're kind of like, in these two conflicting worlds of I can't have something and then intuitive eating just goes totally against that practice. So I'm like, oh, this just doesn't feel like it's good timing to do these together. So it's not that I'm saying I'm just throwing throwing it all out the window and drinking to my heart's content. I'm just saying if I felt like I, ha- I needed a glass of wine or I shouldn't say needed, I hate that word, but it's like if I wanted one, I was just like, yeah, this feels good for me right now. And that's fine. So I'm still tracking it on the Dry January app because I do love that practice. And that's just more of like a mindful thing for me, not a, I have to do it. So 
again, goes back to that whole thing of however you decide to do your resolutions and however they decide you decide to change them right off the bat is a-okay. I feel like that fits you so well too because you're the type of person that like once a rule is placed, you start to feel claustrophobic. And it's like, whereas like for me, I like having yes. rules and yes. kind of saying like, okay, I'm not going to drink in all of January. And to me, ha- like making, drawing my line in the sand actually feels like freedom rather than feels like limiting because then I've like, great, I've set this boundary. It was my choice to set it. And I have the freedom to hold myself to that. And, you know, it just feels very like gratifying and I, I like it. Like, you know, yeah. I, that's why I think I really have enjoyed in the past, like doing whole thirties, doing things like that, where there are strict rules around it because the experience of that for me actually feels freeing because it sort of frees me up to worry about other choices. It's like, great. These choices have already been handled. I have some guy, you know, these, yes, these things to operate in between. Right. And now I can go out and worry about other things in my life Right. versus you or you're the polar opposite. Like once the line is drawn, you're like, who the hell put that line there? Right, right. Can't You're nobody tell me. me not to eat bread. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yes, it's so interesting. And I love that we have such different perspectives on this because it's like the audience I know comes from that too. We get so many people who are like, not everyone yeah. has issues with food. And I'm like, I know. And I don't mean to like know, speak I'm sorry. For- <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but- I know. And I, I think I sometimes sit over here thinking like, you know, if I, if and when I do anything, like I count, sometimes I'll, you know, count macros for a couple of months just to kind of see how it feels again or, you know, whatever. And I'm always like nervous to tell you. You have to like, you have to like be in secret and be like, I have something yeah. to tell you. Like I'm you like, murdered Joy, someone. It's like, I have it's something not- to tell you. I'm counting macros. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. But <laughs> I'm always, I feel like it, it, our, it is so different. And it's so funny to me that it's so different because we've been effectively in this space for like more or less the same amount of time. Yeah. We've tried more or less the same things. And I mean, our backgrounds are pretty different, but they're not crazy different. No. Like the way that we were raised and the way, you know, the food like no. messages that we heard growing right. up. And so it's just so funny to me. And I, but I, I think that it's very, it is very representative of the fact that like everybody comes to the table, pun intended with a completely different experience rules and experiences. Yeah. And, and like, I, I like being, like I said, like I really do feel like when somebody says, okay, you know, if somebody were to hand me a list and be like, here are the 10 foods you can eat for the rest of your life. I'd be like, and like, if you go, if you go outside of us, you know, you're going to die. I'd be like, great. That choice is made. Now I can move on to making other choices. And whereas like you would not be cool with that. No. It just kind of goes back to the whole Gretchen Rubin thing, which I wish so bad that she would just come on this show. Uh, If anyone knows Gretchen Rubin, give us a little shout out. I would love to talk to her about that, of just how we uphold rules and decisions and expectations. And I I think that kind of speaks a lot to just especially in the the diet world or just how we take care of our health and wellness. And uh, I, I think it's really good to also just talk about the fact that I think a lot of the talk that we have on this podcast is about diet, exercise, and well, and health, and how we balance all of that. And I think there are some people out there that are just like, "Oh, snooze! I don't have issues with this. Why are you still talking about it?" And I think it's good to kind of have that reset or just that moment too, where you're like, "Yeah, there's. I actually like this. This has actually been helpful for me in my life." I think the other thing for me, I was thinking about this recently around like, you know, continuing to evolve that conversation and not just talking about diet, the verb, and more talking about like diet, the noun, like what you eat instead of 
restricting what you eat, like diet, you know, we talk about this, that diet, the verb has connotations of restriction and of rules. And whereas diet, the noun is literally just like, what do you eat? And for me, I think a big reason that I feel, I don't know, I'm maybe not a big reason, but I guess more so I'm curious about the connection between feeling restricted or, you know, those different feelings that come up around food versus how connected you feel to cooking and making your food. Mm -hmm. Because another, probably the biggest difference between you and and I, between you and me, me, I, me. I won't judge you because I don't know. You and me. When it comes (laughs) to our food habits is that I actively love cooking. It's one of my favorite activities in the world Mm -hmm. and you tolerate cooking. I tolerate it. Right. Right. It's it's not something I seek out. I do it. I do it minimally. I'm kind of like the E.C. Sinkowski where she talks about how she's like, if people saw how I cooked, it'd be like college student level. I'm like, that's fine. That's what I do. And she's a nutritionist and a dietitian and she has all this knowledge around food, yet she's not like super chef savvy in the kitchen. She would admit, admittedly say that. And I so appreciate that about her because I'm like, oh, you kind of have those expectations that someone's just like super knowledgeable of, about food, puts food together and spends all this time in the kitchen. And I will sometimes feel guilty about that because I'm like, oh, I should, I should, I should, I should, I should. And I, yeah, it's just really interesting to me because I, I tolerate it. It's something that I know that I want to do because I'm not, you know, buying fast food every day to to eat meals. I do put ingredients together and I put meals together. But um, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is remember when we had, uh, who's the gal? Oh my gosh, uh, Donuts and Deadlifts. Chrissy May Cagney. Chrissy May Cagney. We had her on the show quite a few times uh, during Girls Gone Wad. And she, I, I specifically remember, God, there's so many times I look back on her episodes and I cringe because I'm like, I can't believe I was in that space when I was talking on the show, but whatever. It's like a diary. You go back and you cringe a little bit. But she was talking about cooking and eating. And I remember it was kind of like in the throes of when I was doing macros. And what I've come to realize is cooking for me, it's been fearful because I haven't been able to trust myself around food. So cooking mm. to me is very scary because I'm like, if I have all this food around me, I can't. And it's I mean, if it's just Scott and I, I don't trust myself to be around all this food and therefore I will eat it all. I specifically remember asking her how I don't want to cook because I don't want to eat it all. How do you not eat it all? And she was like, you just don't eat it all. And I was like, what do you mean you don't eat it all? Like, I couldn't understand that concept. Now, I'm in a completely different place now. And I think I'm getting to the point where I'm like, oh, I can feel safe around having a huge batch of cookies in my kitchen and not like binging on all of them. But I think that maybe some people relate to that too. I don't know. And then I know on the extreme, there's people who suffer from, you know, a a clinical eating disorder who spend hours in the kitchen because they like that control over their food. And it's actually, a, uh, how do I put this? Kind of like a, um, you almost get like a high, I'm kind of using the wrong language because I know that's not the same for everyone, but you kind of get this like a uh, sense of accomplishment if you if you cook something and you don't eat it and you're around all this food and you don't touch it. So there's all these interesting things around being in the kitchen with food and your relationship to that. For example, on the Great British Baking Show, Steph has recently come out and I swear to God, when I, uh, I've known, I knew this looking at her, I was like, I swear in my heart, I just feel it. She has an eating disorder. And it came out on her social media a few weeks ago that she's suffering from an eating disorder and she's, you know, battling that and bless her for going public with that just so she can share her story. But that's, you know, one example. And I certainly am not generalizing by any stretch of the imagination, but 
I just kind of want to bring up the point of being in the kitchen around food and cooking can be really much more complicated than just like the surface level, I don't like to cook, you know, so I think that that's something that I myself personally am trying to get to the point of being like, I can just have all, you know, I can just make something delicious, and I can eat a portion of it and not feel like I'm just stressed around having the leftovers around or whatever. And I feel like for me, like, and maybe it's because I have never been worried about over that worried about overeating. I mean, you know, of course, like, I'm not free from that message in the back of my head that I think a lot of us have just from growing up in our diet culture. But I just enjoy the process. I think it's fun. For me, it makes food a lot more gratifying. I feel a lot more connected to it. And because I feel more connected to it, then I'm not worried about eating or, you know, quote unquote, overeating. Right. Because I know exactly what went into it. And I've experienced bringing it from, you know, ingredient to meal. And I don't know. I just think that for me, that like takes away a lot of stress around what if I eat too much of this? Because like, what if I eat too much? I know exactly what's in here. Exactly. Nothing in here is bad for me. And that again, like goes back to the trust. That just goes into a whole nother uh, avenue of talking about trusting our bodies and listening to our bodies, which I know we could all talk about for days and days and days. But I think just that whole point, I don't even know how we got onto like cooking. But I think that's just something that I think is a beautiful thing. I love watching people cook. I love, you know, I had a good friend where I would just go over to her house when I was like in my 20s. I'd sit at her kitchen counter and she would cook for me. She's like, I love cooking for people. Just come over and just sit and chat. And she would like cook and while we talked and then we'd have this great meal afterwards. Like, I love the idea of that that connection. And food is a connector. And I think that's just oh, yeah. that's for me, amazing. Food is probably is like one of my top love languages, like cooking for people, baking for people. I use baking, like a baking bread. I don't really bake like sweets. And actually that's been a one big ev- evolution is baking bread. Like I've started over the last several months making sourdough, like with a real sourdough starter. And it's something that I look forward to now. I make every single weekend and it's this really fun process for me. And it's like a science experiment. And to come to this from a place of, you know, maybe five years ago where I was like almost not afraid of bread, but like, you know, bread was like at the top of the do not eat list. Really? For you? Like, did you have those things that you were like, absolutely not? I just think because I was so in paleo. Sure. And in my mind, I had read all this stuff about grains and about wheat and about how like unhealthy bread is and that, you know, it's just completely empty calories. It spikes your insulin. You know, it just like creates this chain reaction of of inflammation. inflammation in your body. And I definitely had a point where I thought like no healthy person would ever eat bread. We're being brainwashed. Like bread is, you know, not even that I was, I wouldn't say that I was afraid of bread, which, you know, sounds insane. But it was like a conspiracy. Like we're just being stuffed with bread to right. make, our, make us unhealthy. And, like, and I then we're going like, to take medications. And <laughs> right. Like I was like, you it's know. all big pharma. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Big pharma owns Pillsbury. Um, no. And it was like, I was on this, I like viewed myself as being on this dietary pedestal of like having seen the light that humans shouldn't be eating bread. And I think that honestly, that's true for most bread out there in the sense that it falls into the category of like a hyper processed food product. But I couldn't separate that. So now to be in a place where like I really enjoy and look forward to and truly have fun with baking bread and eating bread and like having it for my family and even giving it as gifts. Like it is a big shift from where I was several years ago around like, I probably went two years without buying bread. 
I mean, we were strict paleo for a while. It's just interesting to kind of think about that and now realize like there was never like this light bulb moment of like, what am I doing to myself? It just over time. You were just like, yeah, I think I can deal with this. Yeah. Like, no and then I, right. Yeah. I, I, I go know. back to Dr. Drew Pinsky, who's one of my favorite like celebrity doctors. I just love him so much. And he is a board certified physician. And so he talks all the time and he still treats patients. He's very, very smart. And he's always... They make fun of him on all of his, he has like 10 podcasts that he does. <laughs> they always joke with him because they're like, Dr. Drew, you're a doctor. Why are you drinking a Dr. Pepper or a Diet Coke or something? He drinks soda. And he's like, look, I'm a physician. I've been treating people for <laughs> decades. And I've never seen someone walk in my office dying of drinking too much soda or like dying of drinking one soda a day. He's like, it's a, it's a collected, it's a collection of things that have that have gone wrong in their lives that they're they're not doing to their health. He's like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be okay if I drink one soda. So it's kind of that whole thing of like, there's not one food that's going to kill you if you eat just a little bit of it, right? And so right. I think that's and kind of like what intuitive eating talks a lot about is like, get used to just exploring the rainbow of all the foods that are out there. Objectively, there are things that are not great for you, but you're not going to eat 10 pounds of jelly beans. You're going to make yourself sick. Your body will not feel good. So it's kind of that whole thing of when you make something forbidden, then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I can't have that. And there's all yeah. these emotions around it. And then you just go right towards it because you've been restricting yourself. So yada, 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 have a Pop-Tart if you want to. That one Pop-Tart. Oh my gosh, Pop-Tarts. You know, like, I mean, the only, about the only reason I think about that is because I was at Costco the other day and I saw this huge thing of Pop-Tarts and I'm like, when's the last time I had a Pop-Tart? You know, but I can actually look at that and go, I don't crave that. Like, that doesn't right. sound good to me. I would rather have like a very fresh French pastry, you know, like something yeah. that's like really delicious and decadent, not a box of Pop-Tarts, but maybe that's your thing and that's yeah. okay too. But yeah, when just... I was working at Sloan's Lake CrossFit with Haven, yeah. hi Haven. Hi Haven. Um, that Pop-Tarts are his favorite pre-workout snack because they're just like a hit of carbs, a hit of glucose. He had this giant box of Pop-Tarts under like the coaching desk. And I remember opening it and being like, are those Pop-Tarts? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, it's been a while since yeah. I encountered a Pop-Tart in the wild. Um, <laughs> in the wild. No, and I, I think, I mean, we could we could, and we have been talking about this for years. We could keep talking about it for many more years. Yes. But I think it, you know, and I, I think back to the first time we talked to Nicole Christensen and she was like the owner of CrossFit Roots and she was like, if you miss one workout, like it's one workout. One workout. You know, you can't beat yourself up. Think about that in the scheme of your life. It's one workout. And yeah, over time, if you keep missing them, that does build up. And the same thing with your diet. Yeah, over time, if you keep making that same decision every single meal or every single day, it that becomes a different conversation. But if it really is like a couple times a month, you know, like think about this in the scheme of your life. Right, the scheme of your life. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, th this is such a good topic. And if you guys want to continue the conversation, please send us emails and voice memos and continue to do what you're doing. Because it, 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 <laughs> just like, just when I think we're done for with this topic for a while, like something comes up and I'm like, Oh, my gosh, like, I never really realized that this is something I'm dealing with. Um, I want to briefly touch on an email that Abigail sent to us. And she the title says, Oh, my God, I should have done this years ago. 
She says, hi, Joy and Claire. My name is Abby, and I've been listening to y'all on and off for about three years now. I have a horrible habit about not listening to podcasts, so episodes tend to build build up. I've made it a goal with a new podcast to become a regular listener again. I love the new goals and direction of the podcast. While I loved GGW, which is why I actually got into CrossFit, the new topics have helped me face a lot of what I've been dealing with in my personal life and what I might be seeing as a nurse. With the most recent episode, I was listening while I was on a walk, which was the most exercise I have done in months. I just graduated from a strenuous nursing program and was battling some undiagnosed medical issues. I've gained a good chunk of weight because of it, especially in the lovely stomach, and having to buy new clothes has already already made me quite aware of my changed figure. I've been telling myself that I have to lose 10 to 15 pounds to be quote-unquote healthy, but then y'all talked about how the weight does not dictate health. My labs are fine, which really tell you if you are healthy and functioning. Thank you for reminding us that exercise should be for our enjoyment and a healthy relationship. I hope to reframe my thoughts about exercise away from losing the weight to exercising for the sake of doing my job properly. As a nurse, I've got to be able to turn, lift, and pull patients who might be dead weight. Plus, my anxiety and depression are always better managed with a workout. Thank you for starting the conversations in my head about why I want to exercise. Please keep reminding us. I truly appreciate what you do. While I do not always agree with you guys, I feel that you guys open my mind to ideas that my, I might not have always considered. Each episode makes me want to learn more about so many topics. Sorry for the long email and rambling. Thanks again. Have a great day, Abby. I love that. And I also want to say that we got a lot of people responding to when we talked about the comment we were discussing and I can't remember where I referenced it from. I know it was not something that came from my brain, but it was a question around, I'm sure I saw it on social media. Would you do the Would you do the workout if you knew it wasn't going to change your body? And a lot of people said, yeah, because mentally it helps me. I'm like, great. That is a great answer. Because if we're going into a workout, trying to change something, like there's nothing wrong with trying to get fitter, trying to get healthier. But if you're trying to attain this unattainable body size that we're seeing in pictures and photoshopped pictures, that's probably something you want to reevaluate. But yes, I totally agree. Like the other day, I want to say it was a couple weeks ago, I had just a really shit day. I was just mentally foggy. I was in a horrible mood. Um, I hadn't worked out that day. And I was like, I was supposed to take a rest day or I just wanted to take a rest day. But by that afternoon, I was in the worst, like one of the worst mental spaces I've been in in a while. And I didn't even tell Scott where I was going. I just left the house. It was kind of a nice sunny day. And I just went for a walk. And I walked and walked and walked. And I was just like, I got back and I felt so much better. I'm like, that is exactly what I needed. My brain just needed to move. I needed to get outside and needed to get my blood moving. So that's just a great example too of like how mentally it can help us. Yeah. And I think about just like the, for me, it's less of even having a mental reaction to the workout itself. It's more about when I make space in my life and in my day to work out, that makes me feel just so much better about my life as a whole, like regardless of how I did, how I did in the workout, how much I lifted or how fast I went, just even the fact that like I prioritize that I made space in my day. I, you know, went against the rhetoric that like I have to be at maximum efficiency all the time. Like I actually took the time to do this for myself, despite all the other things going on in my life. Just that fact really helps me get through my super crazy, busy, unpredictable life right now. And so it's almost feels like an anchor having that habit. 
And it really is how or what I do in the workout at this point in my life is beside the point. For me, it's just the habit of saying, putting my flag in the sand and saying, this hour and a half is for me and no one else can touch it. I'm not going to worry about getting a text from my boss, you know, because it's I work out during my lunch hour. I'm not even bringing my work phone with me. So I'm not going to check my work emails in the middle of the workout. Totally. You know, like I am putting totally present. fences up around this time because I don't have any other time in my week when that when I can do that. Between having, you know, I wake up in the morning. The first thing I do is I'm immediately getting kids ready, you know, wiping butts. Yeah. Cooking breakfast. other humans. Right. Yeah. And then the last thing I do at night, you know, I put the kids to bed and then I usually clean the kitchen, you know, fold some laundry and go to bed. Like this is the only time for me. And it's really nice to completely let go of my performance in the gym because really what or how I do in there is completely beside the point of what I get out of it in terms of what it means to me to be able to make that time. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it's really cool to find those moments in your life where you are not thinking about all the other stresses that you have to tend to. And I think being in a CrossFit class or like for us, for me, it's podcasting and just kind of doing those things where they say that you don't think about anything else and you're totally present. I think if that's the gym for you, that's or any type of workout or running or whatever it is. Uh, by the way, I will give an update on the Peloton treadmill. I'm going to give probably two more weeks just to kind of have a good solid feel of of whether or not I like it. But so far, I really like it. I think it's really fun. If you guys are on a Peloton account, uh, you can follow me or friend me. I don't know what it's called. What do the kids call it on Peloton? We're Peloton friends. I'm at Joy Z, J-O-Y-Z-E-E. That's a reference to a nickname I had growing up. And uh it's been really fun. They have really wide variety of classes. The only downside I would say if you're if you're not on the East Coast or like on East Coast time or close to East Coast time if you're central, the West Coast and Southwest people, we are not super lined up with the live classes. So their live classes are like at 4 a.m., 6 a.m., 3:30 p.m. So the class times aren't ideal. But everything's recorded. I just like doing live classes because on a motivational standpoint, I like knowing that I'm with other people around the world at that exact same moment. So that would be the only thing is I'm hoping down the road that they expand their live class times. And I'm sure that will come with their growth. But I would say, you know, right now I'm super loving it. And even the recorded classes are cool because they, the recorded classes happened within the last 24 hours. So it's not like you're doing a class from six months ago. So I think it's really great. The instructors are super cute. There's one, her name is Bex and she's adorable. She's a runner and she's just, oh my God, she's got the cutest accent. She's so bubbly, but I I think it's a cool, a cool machine. So, so far, so good. Loving the Peloton. I got my dad. My dad's visiting this weekend. My mom is uh, in California visiting some girlfriends. And so my dad's staying with us while she's gone. So we're quote unquote babysitting my dad is what my mom calls it because he's 77 and he is just the funniest man and just kind of lives in his own world sometimes. So we can. Can you can you please quickly tell the story of him measuring the flow rate of the creek behind your house? Oh my god, my dad is so cute. So my dad is an aircraft. He's a retired aircraft mechanic. So let's just say our entire life he has he's a fix it man. He worked on all of our cars. He's he's a mechanic through and through. Right? He can build anything. He can fix anything. So he's very much like into anything you can measure. <laughs> 
so we they live in a very small town and uh, a little small mountain town, and they have a little creek that runs on their property. So every May, June is when the sto- snow starts to melt in the mountains and the creek starts running. My dad really is very uh, passionate about the velocity of the of how fast the creek is running at any given time. So he, what did he do, Claire? Did he drop a a string? Like what did I can't even I can't even remember what he I'm, did. Like yeah, so I'm my pretty mom. Sure. Oh, what this he is did, what he did. He my, he, like, st- he tied stands, a yeah. jug. He stands at the top of the creek, like up at the top, and then my mom stand, stands down at the bottom, and he drops something in the water, and she has to like time the amount, the time that it takes to get to the bottom. <laughs> and then he like does. Yeah, all this. he had like a empty milk jug. <laughs> yeah. And he would, and like they measured the distance from where he was standing on the creek at like the top of their property to where she was standing at the bottom of their property. And he would start the stopwatch when he dropped it in. And then when it got to her, she would like yell at the top of her lungs and he would stop the stopwatch. (laughs) I just love him so much. He's the best. He's the best. Like he, anyway, so we're, I, I don't even know what it's talking about this weekend. Oh, so I got my dad on the Peloton because... You know, he's staying with us. And so I was like, Dad, and he's he likes to be fit. He likes to take care of himself. He's like, I think there's some type of, um, I, I completely ignore it because I'm in denial that anyone ages in my life that I care about. And so he, but I, I think my parents, or at least my dad, has always been very anxious about aging. And so he's always very uh, just mindful about staying active and keeping himself healthy. And so he wanted to try the Peloton. So he got on the Peloton, he was walking and he just does like the regular walks. He doesn't do any of the classes. So I turn on sports center while he's walking on the treadmill and he's, he's loving that. <laughs> yeah. He's, I could go on. I could do a whole five episodes about my father, but uh, yeah, he's, he's a character for sure. I think he I posted so a video fun. last year of him just hitting golf balls on his front lawn into the, like over the, into creek, the woods, into the woods. And then he goes yeah. and gets them. Yeah. <laughs> just so funny. At one point I lived in a condo and there was a, oh my God, <laughs> speaking of just hitting golf balls, I lived in a condo that had on the other side of it, it faced a cemetery. I know that sounds morbid, but at the time I was like super into it. I just thought it was so peaceful. And so my deck just overlooked a cemetery and he would go outside and the road, you know, like the parking lot of my condo, then there was a road and then the cemetery was right there. And so he would just sit at the edge of the parking lot and hit pine cones over into the cemetery with his golf club. I'm sure the neighbors thought that was really fun. <laughs> it's just <laughs> Okay, so um, I want to talk briefly about, I will say briefly, it's not so brief, whatever. Did you see the drama about the Jillian Michaels comment on Lizzo's weight or body size? Yeah, I did. Okay, so <laughs> so I, I'm using that tone because it's like, uh, Jillian. Uh, Jillian. Okay, so I'm going to play the clip of what she says. She made a comment. Here's the comment, first of all. Let's start with the comment from Jillian Michaels. Why are we celebrating her body? Why does it matter? That's what I'm saying. Like, why aren't we celebrating her music? Because... It isn't going to be awesome if she gets diabetes. Well, I want to ask you. I'm just being honest. Like, I love her music. Like, my kid loves her music. But there's never a moment where I'm like, and I'm so glad that she's uh, uh, overweight. Like, why do we, why do I even care? Why is it my job to care about her weight? So, uh, okay, first of all, I hate, if you you have to justify what you're saying by, I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest, yeah. Then 
you're being a douchebag, honestly. It, that, that to me, I agree. That to me is right up there with someone who says, I don't mean to sound racist, but like, it's, you're, it's you're almost, immediately like going <laughs> to... I'm not a racist, but like, like, it's definitely in the category of gaslighting when you say like, well, I'm just being honest. Like, don't freak out. I'm just telling the truth. Oh, I hate that. You can't. Oh, yeah. You're covering up. And Brene Brown has a bit about that. Like, you you know, you can't say, oh, I'm like, honesty is one thing, like truly being honest with someone and like sitting them down and telling them something hard about themselves or whatever. But like, you can't just use that as a cover up for being a meanie. No. No, because then then she's just like, look, I'm just being honest. Like, I'm just saying the truth. It's like, okay, no, you are completely wrong. And first of all, that comment is just ridiculous. I, we got a lot of people messaging us like, hey, what do you think about this? And my first reaction was just like, she sucks. I just have to say that I used to really, really enjoy Jillian Michaels podcast. 10 years ago, I was listening to it all the time. I was Jillian Michaels devotee. I followed her. I thought she was great. I thought she was funny. I loved, I used to watch Biggest Loser. I thought it was a great show. I would cry because it was so emotional and all these people talking about their feelings. And I've evolved to think that that show is ridiculous. I haven't watched yet. I'm not sure if it's even out yet, but I know Bob Harper has done a relaunch of this show on a different network. Haven't watched any of it. The premise still just doesn't sit right with me, but maybe I need to watch it just to see what it's all about. If they change the tone, I have a hard time believing that, but that's a separate issue, right? Let's put that on a shelf. But as far as Jillian Michaels goes, I haven't followed her or listened to her in such a long time, but I just know that she has, she's kind of stuck on this whole, like, you have to be healthy and healthy equals a smaller body is kind of like the vibe that I get. I think like when I heard it and I don't, I feel like this speaks to a lot of what we talked on last week's podcast. So I don't want to completely revisit everything we said last week around, you know, challenge that assumption that overweight automatically equals unhealthy. But this just goes to show that how prevalent that thought still is. And I think about what we had talked about on Girls Gone Wild with Dr. Shaka, who is a pediatrician and has recently launched the Warrior Clinic to provide like at-home testing for people's A1Cs and lipids, which basically A1C level tells you if you're pre-diabetic. And her biggest takeaway is some of the fittest looking people out there are actually the ones who are closest to diabetes because they are eating really poorly because they think they can because they're so active. And you would look at them and think, oh my gosh, that according to, you know, your body type and your muscles and all this, like you're so healthy. But when you look at their labs, they're they ha- they're pre they're literally pre diabetic, and really that's I think just what it needs to come back to is like you can't tell anything by looking at someone. One hundred percent. And Jamila Jamil did a tweet about that too, how she's like, yeah, my entire thin family has diabetes. So it's I, I think what we're what I'm thinking of when I see all of this is when Jillian says, why do I even care? Why is it my job to care about her weight? It's not about that. It's about looking at someone who we haven't historically seen in the media and celebrated a shape and size that historically has not been represented. And that is what I see as the win of like, I could care less about this whole weight, health. Like, look, everyone is responsible for their own health and wellness and going to their doctor and having that discussion with their doctor. What I'm talking about is I want to see people who look like me or look like my friends or look like I want to see diversity in the media. And that is what Lizzo is 
badass. Like she is playing the flute. She isn't, I say historical because historically we've always like seen the shapes and sizes that are just like 1% of the population, you know? So you see a woman of color, you see a woman, you see a woman in a larger body. Like we haven't had that representation. Like we could name a couple, but I think what we're trying to say is we're expanding that more and more and more. And that's something to be celebrated. And I think that Let's see, someone said, like, these are some of the responses uh, against Jillian's tweet. Someone said, I think it's Anna Kate, said, Michaels is exactly right. Let's stop celebrating and normalizing obesity as something great. Do what you want with your life, but don't tell me I need to celebrate terrible decisions with you. What? Last night, Jillian took, and this is from Women's Health Mag, by the way, they did like a recap. Last night, Jillian took to her Instagram to issue another statement standing behind her original remarks. As I've stated repeatedly, we are all beautiful, worthy, and equally deserving. I also feel strongly that we love ourselves enough to acknowledge that our serious health consequences that come with obesity, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, to name only a few, she wrote. I would never wish these for anyone, and I would hope we prioritize our health because we love ourselves and our bodies. So I think, to be fair, if we're going to be like devil's advocate, I think we're talking about two separate things. One is we should never body shame or make assumptions, and that's what I think was was the problem. She made an assumption Wait, about on. Lizzo. Is this- you're saying, okay, sorry, where did Jillian's comment end? Com- Jillian's comment just ended with... And now you're saying the thing about there's two separate issues. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Jillian's comment ended by saying, I would never wish these for anyone. And I would hope we prioritize our health because we love ourselves and our pot and our bodies, period. Okay, so that's Jillian. So what I'm saying is like, the two issues just got convoluted. One is Jillian made a con- an assumption about her body, which she shouldn't have based off her size. And then, so she's kind of commenting about obesity and she's kind of going down that assumption road, which I think if Jillian Michaels were sitting here in this room, she would argue and say, no, she is obese. She is overweight. And that kind of goes into that whole conversation then about weight stigma, fat shaming, et cetera, et cetera. So I think what I'm saying is I want to look at, I want to start looking at bodies and not make assumptions about people's weight based off of their size or ba- or their health based off of their size. So there's that piece. And then I also want to look at like, I want to celebrate that we're just out in the world celebrating diversity in the media. I want to see yeah. more representation than the skinny white chicks that are dancing on stages. And also what I hear in that comment from Jillian is like her being overweight, overweight, obese must mean that she doesn't love herself. Whereas Lizzo has been the number one advocate for, you know, saying, I love myself. I've always loved myself. So I think the other thing here is that Jillian is making this assumption that because Lizzo is obese, she must not love herself. And I think that that is a, an assumption that has Jillian has so deeply rooted in herself you know, based on all the rhetoric she's used with Biggest Loser. I mean, I think it's so clear that that is like the worldview that Jillian Michaels really holds and embodies. Right. And Lizzo has been so vocal about saying like, yeah, I love myself and people don't get it. And they're like, are you sure you love yourself? Yeah. She's like, yes, stop asking me. Yeah. Like, so I don't know. I feel like this whole episode has ended up sort of being about like (laughs) body image and weight stigma. (laughs) And we are you know, also not here to make any judgments on Lizzo other than the fact no. that we appreciate, you know, added diversity within pop culture. And we maybe are here a little bit to say Jillian Michaels sucks and yeah. we're tight. And she, she needs to like join us in 2020. Right. Let's, because let's, her, she's still hanging on to her messaging from like 2003. Uh, for sure. But uh, you know what? I also wonder because I know she quit the show because of a lot of 
things that she didn't like on the show and the way that things were run. And I wonder what that's about. She's not, I, I mean, I haven't gone back and listened to all her podcasts. I'm sure she's addressed it, but I think that there were a lot of issues with the show that potentially revolved around being too restrictive. I know there was one Biggest Loser episode where this girl became so way too thin that Bob I mean, and uh, Jillian's face were like, oh my gosh, we have we just gave this woman a eating disorder. A lot of the, the past contestants of Biggest Loser have come out you yeah, know, over the years and said like, the struggles this with it. destroyed my body. This yeah. destroyed my relationship with food. This destroyed my metabolism. Like I will be recovering from this experience for the rest of my life. Right. And, you know, this is crazy. This is unhealthy. Like, and, you know, we have seen that. And I'm really glad that we, a little bit as a society, but definitely within our own lives have moved away from, like, really that whole show is based on the premise that skinny equals healthy. You know, that like losing weight is the answer. Right. And just, I think, again, a little bit of devil's advocate, then let's just move on, is I do think Jillian just sometimes speaks so black and white from just like, these are the facts. The fact is, if you go to your doctor and your BMI is this, like she's she's not really talking about the emotions piece of it where we're we're looking at more of globally this is a problem hey jillian we are looking at people who live in larger bodies and we're making assumptions about them like you're just feeding into that like stop doing that she's i don't think she realizes that that is what she's doing so anyway big discussion would love to hear your thoughts if you guys had some responses to that you can always e- email your feedback to this is joinclair at gmail.com i want to end on a real quick brief let's just do something nice for the planet i love that comment about someone wrote us um i think you responded about like in a, one of our first episodes we talked about how we can do better for the environment and how you're doing less amazon ordering and someone said something along the lines of like Sometimes we get really frozen in that I'm not doing it perfectly, so I'm not going to do anything. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So in our very first This Is Doing Clear episode, we talked about my New Year's resolution to stop ordering from Amazon just because I felt like it was not a sustainable habit for me and also that it's not a company that I really want to support with as much money as I've been. I mean, Amazon was probably the number one place that I bought from between Amazon and Whole Foods. And that I don't live in an area where online shopping is necessary. I live in an area where I can easily go to the store, any given store, and get exactly what I want. And even, you know, so anyway, so somebody wrote into us on Instagram and said, you know, this is really interesting to think about. And a lot of people get, so we were kind of were talking about how a lot of people get paralyzed by this idea of like, if I can't do it all, then I just can't even, you know, shouldn't even try. Like if I can't quit Amazon cold turkey, then I might as well just keep ordering from them twice right, a week. Right, right. And the, the thing that I've seen floating on the internet, the quote or the meme or the tweet or whatever it is that I really like and that helps me frame things is we don't need a couple of people doing zero waste perfectly. We need everyone trying zero waste imperfectly. We need everyone, you know, so like what that says to me is like every single person can do a couple of things and we don't, we're not all going to just turn around overnight and become like urban homesteaders, which is basically what we need to happen for us to be truly quote unquote zero waste. And even then, like you look at the supply chain of the things that you get, you can't be a human in the first world and be zero waste unless you're like Amish you know, and that your supply chain is your neighborhood. Right. But we can all do a little bit more and we can all, you know, maybe you do switch to like the one day a week Amazon delivery as opposed to getting Amazon packages on your doorstep every other day. Ongoing, like leave it in your cart and order it when you can do it all at once. 
Yeah. Or they have an option you can pick for shipping on Prime where it's like, ship this on my Prime day. Yes. And so you can make orders throughout the week and they'll all just ship on the same day. Or, you know, maybe if you have something you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I need a new pair of pants for work. Maybe you just go to Poshmark or, you know, ThreadUp app first and just look for them and see or eBay and just look and see, is there something here? And if you can't find it or if you need it, you know, you really truly need it two days from now and you can't get it secondhand, then that's fine. But at least like let that be part let that of be your part process. of your dialogue. Yeah. Like I was shopping the other day and I got into this real bad habit last year and it's almost like, oh, I'm so ashamed to admit this, but I was just buying bottled water all the time. <laughs> And I'm like, I have a bazillion reusable water bottles in my home. And I was just getting into this horrible habit of buying bottled water. And it was just out of convenience. It was out of laziness. And now I'm like, I don't need to do that. And that's one thing where I'm like, okay, these are the steps that I can take is just thinking about the things that I know that are bad for the environment. I know we can recycle bottles of water, but still that's not, it's not a great choice. It's not the optimal choice. So these are the things that I think are important to think about. Um, Someone made a really cute uh, uh, recommendation of like putting a little recycle bin in your bathroom so you can put toilet paper in your, you know, like little things you can do. Heard actually some, I I read something recently that somebody recommended their like number one tip for reducing waste in their house was putting a compost bin in their bathroom because you can compost toilet paper rolls use tissues which you can't recycle you can compost hair you can compost that grosses me out but yes well but like (laughs) i know i know it's totally true but i'm (laughs) you can compost hair you can compost you know a lot of stuff that you can't recycle that are that are like used paper products that are kleenexes or tissues or toilet paper or you know like some makeup like makeup remover wipes certain ones are compostable but they're not recyclable so i really liked that i want to start doing that so I think it's just that like keeping a lookout for keeping little changes you can make don't feel like it's all or nothing don't feel like if you can't go all in then you might as well not even try you know what are like the small things can you get a reusable coffee cup and like I feel that way with shopping bags like I forget my reusable shopping bags probably 85% of the time oh see and I have like a hundred in my back seat which see, Scott makes this fun is of me the thing is I put them in my car once and then I use them and it takes me like a month to remember to put them back in. But then I, and so I like kind of beat myself up for that. But then it's like, okay, first of all, I typically get paper bags, which we reuse. But nonetheless, even if I do only remember my reusable bags 10% of the time, that's still 10% fewer bags that I'm using throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And that adds up. And so it's not all or nothing. Yeah. And I think like uh, Hawaii, you have to pay for bags. They will not give you paper uh, plastic bags. And you have to pay for reusable bags. Yeah, so if City you don't bring a bag, like you'll get paid, you'll get charged for it. And and I love that. And I hope yeah. eventually that all states will get to that point. But um, you know, there's yeah, a that's... couple stores in Colorado, like Vitamin Cottage is one of our stores. They do not give you bags. And if you don't bring a bag, they'll be like, You gotta either buy a bag or they give you little cardboard boxes to carry it out if you yeah, want. Yeah, they like reuse their shipping yeah, boxes. Yeah, the right. city of Boulder charges you for bags. And um So anyway, it's just, and like, I think the same thing with like a reusable coffee cup or a reusable water bottle, like don't beat yourself up if you forget that half the time. Cause if you remember it the other half the time, that still makes a difference. Exactly. Yeah. Do what you can. I also like the picking up trash. Sometimes I will, it depends. Sometimes I kind of get grossed out. I want to get like one of those little pickers that you can just, (laughs) I want to be like David Sedaris, like in my city, just picking up trash all over the place. But I 
if I have gloves on, I get kind of grossed out, like just picking up people's random trash when I'm taking JT on a walk. But sometimes I'll t- I'll pick up a few pieces of trash when I'm walking him. Uh, just like little things that you can think about. So those are our tips. We'd love to hear your tips too, if you guys have them of how you are looking for opportunities to do better for the planet. I think the other thing that I appreciate too is like try something and if it doesn't work, then you try like that was us with cloth diapers. Like I appreciate the fact that diapers are a crazy like source of waste. We throw away so many diapers and we do our best. We use like, you know, diapers that are, uh, are supposedly biodegradable, but we try cloth diapers and they just didn't work for us. Like they were too much work and it, you know, was a source of stress to try to maintain that habit. And we tried. So, you know, again, like just make an effort. Make an effort where you can. Be mindful. Just think about it. Just think about it. So anyway. Okay. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys so much. Again, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get this podcast. We're still getting on all the platforms for This Is Joy and Claire. Thank you for your support. Please do us a huge favor if you can drop by our ratings and review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating and a review. If you have two seconds, just write a quick sentence that helps other people find the show and share it with your friend if you think someone else would enjoy this Joy and Claire. We are very excited to grow this audience. So thank you guys in advance. And you can find us on all the socials at This Is Joy and Claire on all the socials. I'm pretty all sure socials. everything's updated. <laughs> yeah, but it's not, uh, some of it is, most of it is at Joy and Claire, not yeah. at This Is Joy and Claire. Yeah. So Instagram at Joy and Claire underscore. We are Twitter at Joy and Claire. Facebook is This Is Joy and Claire. You can email us, This Is Joy and Claire at gmail.com. And we are joyandclaire.com. Feel free to check us out. Send us your thoughts. Send us a voice memo. Send us an send email. Send us your questions. Yeah. Send us your questions. Send us a DM. I will say and we that it's easier for us to keep track of emails than it is for us to keep track of direct messages on Instagram. Yeah. DMs get lost. So if you submitted a question on a DM and we did not respond or we haven't addressed it on the podcast, please email it to us. Otherwise, it gets lost. So thank you, guys. And don't forget to check out our sponsors, Blueblocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. Discount code GGW. That is, as Joy said, an homage to our previous podcast. These are great glasses. You should check them out. Get yourself some blue blockers that are high quality. Don't skimp on the health of your eyes and of your brain. Go to blueblocks.com. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. And thank you for listening to This is Joy and Claire. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. And enjoy the dance party. Everybody loves the song. Here we go. Three, two, one. Shake it up, stop when the clock gets 13 You've been working, but you're flirting with the weekend You can freak out One in a million You're a gem shine when the light grows dim Sing one, one, two, two three, four Cause, cause, cause No one can do it like we do it Like we do it, like we do it